0: Hey, it's your girl, Just B And it's your girl, Vina N, And you are now locked in with us, the anti socialites So turn up the volume and just chill out. Because each and every week, we're coming with that real talk. Conversations with Miami's business owners, artists, behind-the-scenes nightclub professionals. As well as social activists, community leaders, and aspiring artists. Real talk from two cool chicks. Curating Miami's cultures, arts, and lifestyles. Miami, baby, baby. Yeah. What's up? What's up? You are tuned into the Anti-Socialized podcast. It's your girl, Jess B. And it's your girl, Vina Na. And today we have CEO and co-founder of Miss Jessie's Miko yes. Branch. Hey, how, how are you? How are you put clean? Very good. <laughs> Glad to be here. Natural hair extraordinaire. We love your products. You. And we thank you for bringing us some more right. replenishment. And <laughs> the book.
1: Don't forget about the book. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: and the book. Mm. So welcome to Florida. Yeah, you know, it's so
2: good to be here. I'm a native New Yorker, and right around this time in New York, it's, it's freezing cold. cold. So I'm glad to be here. Right
0: Appreciating now. the weather a little bit. Very much. So. <laughs> While we were
1: getting started, I'm like, okay, how long have you been here, mm-hmm. and like, how has that transition been from New York to Miami?
2: So I've been in New York for over four decades, so it's about time for a change for me, just period. And um, as I was telling you, it's cold in New York. I, I know New York like the back of my hand, so I'm ready for change. Here in, in Florida, particularly Miami, there's a good amount of New Yorkers here, so mm-hmm. I feel at home. Yeah. But then also because of the weather and because of like the nice mix of cultures, I feel like I'm somewhere different at the same time. So it works.
0: I can I um, can agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's I haven't been to New York City or New York period. I, the farthest no I know. Okay. The farthest north <laughs> I've been is Washington D.C. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> a West far. Coast girl. I'm from California. Mm-hmm. So I'm meaning to get up there but as far as business-wise, what made you come down here?
2: Well, um, my sister passed in 2014, so that just opened my mind up in so many different ways. And I, I think in, in, in order, I came down here personally. But then, you know, with the, with the humidity and with the weather, there's so much mm. texture. There's so much curly hair down here. So I couldn't think of a better place for me to get my personal experience, but also a good business experience, too
0: it's funny you say that because like both of our hair are in this because she, she's from philly yeah. so the humidity like my hair was in shock for three years yes. it took forever for it to get used to the transition yeah. um can you talk a little bit about the the scientific or the hair side of things as to like porosity or anything with hair why humidity is such like a
2: big deal. A factor <laughs> yeah so you know humidity is aka moisture mm. and when moisture hits our hair when we have texture it makes it swell or it makes it shrink and all depending on how you style your hair and how you like it that could be a problem for someone who wants to rock you know the maximum length that they have mm. as a west coast girl like you i'm sure you know there's no humidity there so you no. are able <laughs> to maintain hairstyles and not think about it but out here in, in Miami, hair is definitely an issue and mm. you really have to address it I mean, if you want to rock it a particular way. If you want to go freeform fro or if you want you know, to rock the bigness of it, then you're good down here. Right. But if you want some kind of control, you got to line up with the right products. You know, you might have to do a little prep in the evening, and then you also have to embrace the unknown because mm. you, you don't know if it's gonna rain, know, you don't know if my it's gonna God. be super cute <laughs> right? And the summer that here, is the struggle. Yeah. The summer,
1: the spring, the fall, everything is no <laughs> joke because, like you said, you could walk outside and it's raining, and even though it stopped raining or it has stopped raining, your hair can puff up just because it was previously raining. And it's like I don't have time for this. Like I just went to get my hair done. I went to Dominicans, <laughs> like, and now my hair is puffing up. So a lot of people, I've seen are going more for the natural look um how did that start for you were you always going for the natural look or did you transition into that for for this reason of not wanting to do your hair or
2: yeah
1: (laughs) or having a perm and stuff
2: Yes, yeah, so um, I love straight hair. My mother's Japanese, so her hair is her hair was long and straight. Mm. She's actually a Buddhist monk now, so her hair is shaped. Oh, wow. wow. But growing up, I saw this Japanese woman. We grew up in an all-black neighborhood. But in my house, my mother had this long black hair, so I always wanted long black hair. So by the time we were able to get relaxers, and we called them perms, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was first, first in line. And I did that all the way up to um, maybe my, my late 20s, and then I got pregnant, and then I had my son. And I was a hairstylist by that time, and my son splashed all around at bath time, <laughs> so I could no longer maintain my hair in a straight style. Mm. And um, I was doing hair in the house, so I would give him baths on the fourth floor, and then I'd come down to the second floor and do hair. So I didn't have that that oh. I didn't have that uh, time to get it together. So my clients had to see my hair for whatever it was. And um, uh, you know, surprisingly, um, people said, "How did you get your hair like that?" And I'm like, "Like what?" And then that was my opportunity, and I said, oh my God, I'm going to become uh, you know, a natural hair, curly, kinky, wavy hair specialist. And um, before you know it, we started mixing products. And when I say we, I'm talking about my sister, Titi right. French. Right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Titi. Uh-huh. Now, you both, well, you did hair. Yes. Did she do hair as well?
2: So in the early days, Titi did not do hair, but she did everything to support me doing hair. But mm-hmm. then Titi became this great hairstylist. And she became a hairstylist out of necessity. I don't know if you guys know anything about running a business, but sometimes you can't rely on your employees. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your stylist is not coming to work, your assistant, you and you still have clients and you got to make it happen. So Titi did learn how to become a good hairstylist. Oh, wow. Did she go to school for or did she just...? I went to school. Titi ended up going to barber school. And thank God there was some grace in barber school and that, you know, you can be a natural hairstylist. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of play there, so she was able to get her licensing. And help me and, and just become, you know, a good stylist. Now, we talked about
1: natural hair. And then we talked about, like, having a relaxer or a perm. Mm-hmm. Most people think that if you wear your hair natural, it's an easy process. <laughs> Can you let them know oh that it's not the easiest process? For me, it's, it's more work for me to do my hair naturally than it is to go get a weave or do straight. It's just if, I, if that's the look I want, right. then that's what I'm going for. But I tried it and I thought I could just wet my hair. Put some conditioner in and go outside. It did not work like that. It was cute for five minutes. (laughs) And then it was over.
2: (laughs) So here's the truth about natural hair. If you want to rock your hair and it's, you know, and its natural free form fro, or if you want to get a shortcut, then it is wash and go. It is, you know, just do what you do. But the curls. (laughs) Yeah. But but if you want, you know, if you have any length or if you want to manipulate the curl and you want to make the curl unlike what God gave you, Oh. then that's where the time comes in. So if you embrace exactly what God gave you, and you just let it do what it does, you're fine. If you want to manipulate, if you want to enhance your curl, if you want to add more products, mm. if you have a lot of hair, you know, you definitely have to spend the time in it. So to answer your question, natural hair is a lot of work from the combing to the washing to the conditioning to the styling to the drying. But you know what? Many of us feel that it's worth it because you get the density you need. Um, you know, you can style your hair straight if you want to. You could wear a weave. You can wear braids. Um, but just having that strength in your hair has become important to us. And then also socially, you know, when I look at you and when I look at you, I'm seeing more texture. So I don't feel like, I'm the only one, or I'm an outcast because I'm wearing my hair sometimes unkept. I'm seeing it more and it's preferred versus before it was kind of like, oh, I didn't do my hair. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. and that's a beautiful thing to see. No, especially
0: (laughs) like with men, I think they're starting to get used to the natural tresses. And I think curly hair was always like, people were in awe of it, but they didn't know to like, they can they can accomplish it, or to embrace their own curly hair. Right. I know growing up, I would get compliments, but because to me, it was harder to upkeep, I'd be like, well, I like my hair straight, but now I just love it curly. Oh yeah,
2: and you know, um, I think when, when, particularly men, when they see more of us wearing our hair in this textured state, uh, and once we get compliments, we get that inspiration, mm-hmm. and <laughs> each one can teach one. You, yes. know, if, you know, if you like this style, this is how you do it, and I think, you know, it just works. Is spreading and now we're here so
0: team? your product is in Target Yes. Now, I noticed maybe a couple years ago, Target embraced the natural hair care. So, so they have their own section mm-hmm. where there's a box with your face on it yes. and all the other um, products that cater to natural hair. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how was that process for you? And did they approach you or mm-hmm. was it something that you heard about and as a business owner said, I'm going to go for this market? Yes. How did that happen?
2: So my sister T.J. and I, we were so busy doing here in our brownstone in Brooklyn. We weren't very sophisticated. We didn't know how to get in front of Target or Walmart or Walgreens and shop our product. But luckily at the time, in the early 2000s, before Target had this big section, my sister and I were making noise from our brownstone and mm. that relaxer sales were down in Target. And mm-hmm. I guess the Targets of the world wanted to know, where is this customer? and I guess with some research they realized that this customer is now going natural not only is she going natural she's spending a little bit more on her products Mm. and that from a business perspective I imagine was attractive to Target so then that's how Target contacted us. Oh okay we didn't know at the time why we were just excited you know that they did but in looking back they contacted us for you know a very important business reason and now as you see The categories expanded and there's, you know, so many Nico and Titi's of the world Mm -hmm. on the shelves next to us. So
1: they came knocking at your door. Yes. What were you doing prior to to get to get their attention?
2: We were doing great here, and thank God for the internet in that, you know, when we did, when we saw, if we were to style your hair, uh, we would take a picture before and after, and we would put it up on our website, and then it would go right when the word viral became a word. Okay. That's when Titi and I were posting up pictures. So what would happen is, is we would do great work, and then eventually we took to our kitchen table, and we started mixing our own product. Okay. So um, over time, um, as you know, they were, where is this customer? And then, After research, they realized, oh my god, I have to get together with these girls. So it was a process. And then, also, very early on, when we got our products going and we were selling them in the salon, we decided with our last little bit of money, we're going to invest in PR. So mm-hmm. what PR did for us is it put us in the magazines of Marie Claire, Oprah Magazine, mm-hmm. um, L, those kinds of places, those kinds of publications. So what we were doing here in our house in the hood, we would also get that visibility <laughs> like where we the, needed it. So that, yeah. I think that was a great investment. And the, you said you were making those products in your
1: home yes at what point or when did you make that decision like mm-hmm. whose hair was it and like when did you say okay i need a product that's going to get through these these kinks, kinks and, and curls, curls.
2: <laughs> absolutely so um in the early 2000s when there were n- no miss jessies of the world you know i decided oh my god i'm going to become this natural hair stylist and i'm going to do curly kinking wavy hair but all the products in the market they were either too hard they were too greasy they were too soft there was always some something that we didn't like so what Titi and I did is we took products that were on the market mixed it with a little bit of this and a little bit of that and then we created our own thing and then eventually once we got it right and it was actually Titi who got it right because she woke me up three o'clock in the morning and showed me what we would all now know to be as curly pudding um that was the game changer you know but uh we had to take to our kitchen table and make it because there wasn't anything like it at the time and we had a mission you know we we needed a solution so we had to we had to make it ourselves
0: and now that you say that it does bring me back to when i would try to find stuff for my curls and everything was gel based mm yes so your hair became crunchy and like a lot of the girls i grew up with even like mixed or anybody who had curly hair It was like, oh, I crunch my hair. And I'm like, I don't like that. And what I appreciate about um, your products, it's like the curly pudding and the pillow soft. You can still have a defined curl, but it doesn't have to be crunchy.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah that's very important curly hair there's so many nuances to it and just understanding what all those nuances are is really important and we learned a lot of that in our salon so that's an advantage that Miss Jessie has Mm -hmm. we use our salon as our lab Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you still have your salon? I do so uh, I moved here to uh, Miami but we still have our salon in Soho, New York so once a month I fly back to New York and I do hair Okay, I I do it because I love it Mm -hmm. it keeps my hand in it and I get a to sample and, and test products. That's amazing. But, yeah. I
1: wonder, how do you get
2: on your, your client list? Though?
1: <laughs> do you have, yeah. Like, how is that? Because uh, yeah, yeah. like you only once a month, so yeah. I mean, that have to wait a month
2: to get my hair done? I'm, I'm <laughs> there once a month, but I have a staff, so okay. we service people You know, all month long. I'm just there once a month. But they want you to
1: touch their hair. They I'm do.
2: sure. <laughs> you know, I've been blessed enough to have staff that's been with me for years, right. so people feel like they're getting a piece of me when they're, they're, they're working with my staff. Okay. okay. Well, and go
1: ahead. Do talk. you plan on opening a salon in Miami? Ooh, that's,
2: that's a good so. question. So first things first, you know, my product company because it's the larger company, we had to move that here, and actually I closed my New York office down and put my operations here. So that's you know that's still we're still settling. Um, but then after we get settled, it's something for me to consider. Um, it's hard for me to look at all these ladies with this textured hair and not offer them, you okay. know, a styling solution. I mean, it's something that's in my in my in my heart, you know, and it's something I'd like to share, so let's look out for Miss Jessie Salon. Yeah, so I think it. that would be a
0: major game changer. I don't see many salons catering to curly hair. Right. It's mainly blowouts. Yes. Yeah. Um, especially with the Latin market, mm-hmm. everything is
1: blowout, blowout, blowout. I'm like... But blowout don't work in South Florida. <laughs> not all the time. You know, I've I spent $60, I've spent $150, and I've spent $200. They even got the... Oh, it's not a press, it's... um. I, f- I can't remember. It's I don't remember what it's mm-hmm. called. But it's the mo- it makes your hair, like, super, super straight. Right. Keratin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, keratin Did treatment. Uh-huh. Didn't work. Didn't last. And I'm yeah. just like, I don't have time for this. And I don't have the money for this. Yeah. So can you talk about the chop process?
2: Oh. Yes. So um, there's transitioning, and then there's also the big chop. And mm-hmm. for people who want to take it's skull, they transition into, you know, their natural hair. Transitioning can be a bit challenging because at the shorter length... Um, you know what you're dealing with. Right. But as your hair starts growing longer, it's weird. you start getting more new growth, and then your straight ends um, are so different. Your challenge is you want to make two textures that are dissimilar, similar. That's like the biggest challenge. So you have to double strand twist, or you might have to rod set. And sometimes what women do is they do protective styling just to take their mind off that whole <laughs> <laughs> situation. You know, and then, you know, once you take out your braids or your weave or whatever you want to do, you're you're blessed with all this new growth. And then now you're able to make decisions. And I I think it's fair to say many of us who have curly hair, we like length. We just do, you know. So um, protective styling is a way for you to um, grow your hair. And by the time you know it, you'll have enough to work with. And then you can do your big chop
0: but it's important though with protective styling that you have someone who knows how to like sew in because I've seen a lot of people with their edges miss porn. Porn. <laughs> Basically. And I'm like, that's not protecting your hair. That right. totally
1: broke your hair the edges of. Yeah,
2: our hair, you know, um, I, I don't think many people know this, but our hair, although it's very textured and very tightly coiled, it's that's very like fa- it's very um, fragile. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of us believe that our hair doesn't grow, but it's not that our hair doesn't grow. Our hair tends to break very easily. So if you imagine combing through your hair and you have a lot of kinks or tangles, just that combing process could break your oh, hair. My- Oh my gosh! You so just have to work in sections. What are you even thinking about that? Yeah, yeah. You're I just was trying on, to get through it. Well, <laughs> I
0: have to start at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, and work your way, way in sections because if you think about it, you start from the top down. You're gonna. St- get kinked somewhere yes and, you will and it's gonna hurt yeah
2: yes, you are. you're gonna break off a lot of your hair and that physical combing um it, it creates damage so we, we just have to hand our hair with care so i can
0: tell like education is a big part of your brand and mm-hmm. and miss jessie's because um you know just knowing about hair but also being able to address what women want right. you would need to be able to speak to that education of our hair
2: Absolutely, and during the time that my sister and I first came with our, out with our products, it was during a time when many women were still relaxing their hair. So now, over a decade later, I'm able to encounter you know, ladies like you who are embracing your curls. But Titi and I had the challenge of creating product and creating a market for a market that wasn't there. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of hard work put into that, but I think it was well worth it because I think many women find the value. Of being natural. I agree. Yeah. Like,
1: listen, I haven't had a perm. Like, I've been natural for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, wearing my hair in its natural curly state, yes, haven't mastered that yet. Okay. But now that you're here, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's you get a little help. <laughs> um, so let's
0: go into the book. Yes, yes. So um, Creating a Successful Business from Scratch Naturally. Now, we've heard you speak about your sister. Mm-hmm. And I um, have done some research. And I see that you are very transparent because you're very um, passionate about the cause of, you know, your sister's passing, um, which is very heartening for a lot of people to know because some of us don't like to open up about those things. So, you know, your sister founded the business with you and I know she was a big part and that's, of course, your sister. Can Mm -hmm. you um, touch on a little bit about um, not only the bond you had with her, but, you know, um, what happened a little bit?
2: Yeah, so uh, my sister was uh, many things at one time, and Titi performed at very high levels in a lot of different areas. So over the years, I've heard it said that people who operate at very high levels, they get challenged in other Mm -hmm. areas. So Titi had a combination of smarts, kindness, um, uh, wit... And she was also physically beautiful, mm-hmm. and I know many women, including myself, who just wants one of those attributes. So you know, the question is: is how is this you know woman or y- you know human being on this planet you know who possesses all that she has you know what could possibly be her challenge? That was my question mm-hmm. you know about my sister, but my sister was challenged with depression. She um, she suffered, and she um, uh, she was mentally ill. and um, you know as I've learned along the way being mentally ill is like it's a disease and it's like having cancer it's something that uh, maybe you're born with, um, maybe you develop it, but once it kicks in, um, it certainly takes life on its own, and it's a challenge for the person. So whether you're beautiful, whether you're smart, whether you're caring, you certainly have to face off with this thing that's happening, and the thing that's happening called mental illness. Um, it's different from person to person. So eventually, you know, uh, Titi she passed away in 2014, and I actually wasn't there when she passed away. So I'm not really sure what happened in the moment of her death but I am sure that Titi suffered and she battled with um, her depression and Titi battled alone because our our family wasn't very knowledgeable, we were Mm. quite ignorant and I can honestly say we weren't very supportive of Titi, you know Titi was so strong in many areas like what could possibly be wrong
1: and to piggyback on that I recently lost a sorority sister from the same thing and Mm. it's like her she too was one person that strived to be great at everything was physically beautiful and you look and you say like how do you not know sometimes you know and people go through these things and they have these issues and they try to hide it because it's it's also that demon is a part of their their race to being great that they don't want to show that yes. it's like did you ever think to yourself, like, how, how was it that I didn't see any signs or anything like mm-hmm. that? Because you said, like, people are ignorant to the, the signs right. or what they show is, like, did you ever think about, like, well, what could I have done anything? Or how do you stop yourself from feeling that way? You yeah. know, like, how, why didn't I say anything or why didn't I look at that? Because that's what we, we tend to do after mm-hmm. the fact.
2: Yeah, after the fact, your hindsight definitely is 2020. And I think for me, with Tiki's mental illness and her depression, it went in stages. So there were times when I saw that she was really down and really blue and really um just not functioning well. She slept a lot. So in those you know in those situations, I was able to carry on the day-to-day operations at Miss Jessie's while my sister simply slept. She was just she just didn't have the energy. So in those kinds of you know situations, I was able to be there for her and then I would able you know listen to her and hear what she's saying but then on the other hand you know Titi would wake up and just do the greatest thing or deliver the greatest speech or you know broker the greatest deal so in my mind oh she's back she's, she's good yeah. you know so uh, she was able to um, flip flop between feeling what she was feeling in her challenges and then also performing at very high levels. Um, but yes um, you know after the fact, it's definitely um you definitely ask yourself what more could I, yeah. yeah, and then also Titi and I were experiencing like a very normal sisterhood, you know, so we worked together, we co-parented together, um, we were great friends, but we were also sisters, so we fought. We did all the normal things that sisters do, so you know, intertwined and all of that, um, I think it just gets a little complicated and, and a little hard to identify this is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is not a fight. It's, this is, you know, right. this is her feeling blue. So maybe I'd say, oh, why are you being mean to me today, T.T.? You know, and it could, you know, maybe, you know, looking back, maybe it wasn't, oh, she's just being, you know, mean to her sister. Maybe she just wasn't feeling great. So spending a lot of my time now, you're right, looking back and saying, well, what was this and what was that?
1: And that's the thing like also our culture could be a little bit ignorant about the mental illness um, or a mental illness in, in itself where we don't think it happens to us or we't it won't it doesn't happen to our family or it's not a thing that this culture of African Americans go through. Mm-hmm. So we kind of ignore it and it's just like right now it's prevalent. A, a lot of this generation, a lot of the people coming up are depressed. They go through it and they go through it at a severe state because they're showing it on social media or they're more knowledgeable about it um how do you think your product makes a girl feel you know like she's beautiful and she she can get through certain things you know because well the think the story behind the product
2: would probably yeah i think that your perspective and your understanding on the mission of miss jessie's is spot on And I think that the work Titi did while she was here, um, without maybe her even knowing it, lent to building Mm. the self-esteem, particularly Mm. to females, women, girls, to build that up so maybe if you look good or maybe if when you look in the mirror, that might make you in turn feel good. I don't know if Titi understood the contribution she was making to a huge, you know, to a large um, group of people. Um, Maybe... That feeling good might have saved a life, you know, just in, 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 yeah. in the making of Miss Jessie's. I do think after Titi's death, you know, that message of um, mental illness, depression, and awareness, you know, particularly to um, us, uh, I think it's, it's, it's obvious now. And so the combination of Titi's goodwill while she was on this planet and then also Titi's message, you know, and her story, you know, in her death, I think that combination speaks um, very, very directly to us. Mm -hmm. Titi looked like us. She talked like us. um, You know, she experienced many of the things in the same way we experienced. So we can relate to Titi Branch.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's such a great message and a story and i really appreciate how transparent you are about it because again just understanding the the founding of it the life of your sister we all didn't get to meet your sister and experience that so very appreciative of you being able to share that with the with the rest of us and
1: also applaud you for carrying her with you as you go you know like Some people, once they go, people like let it, you know, simmer. But you make sure that everything that you say has her in it, and I really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a natural flow for me. You know, my sister, we were Lashkey kids, and my mom had us when she was pretty young. So Titi uh, became my mother in, in a way. At the same time, she was my best friend. And we were fortunate enough to spend so many years together, over four decades. So, you know, when you're looking at me, you're also looking at Titi Branch because I am her. And uh, she taught me so much, and I, you know, instead of... Um, uh, focusing on her passing, I really pay attention to. Well, I had a wonderful opportunity to be with this great, great woman, and um, I just feel like I'm blessed. Amazing. Yes.
0: All right. Well, what's next for Miss Jesse's? We know
2: you're in South Florida. Yeah. We know there maybe
0: a store, maybe a salon, salon. salon something. Well, but leave but... me
1: on your client list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Any new product or any other um, you know for you, I know you're probably being asked to speak at many things. I see you booked a lot to be mm-hmm. on panels and stuff. What's what's next for you?
2: So, uh, yes, definitely speaking, uh, this book, um, I, I, there's still some stories to tell, and uh, I'm pr- proud to tell. But we are a hair care company. You mm-hmm. know, Titi and I built a wonderful legacy together, and we make hair products. So this year, 2018, uh, we are debuting five new products. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, a scalp oil here in scalp Ooh, oil called uh, Miss Jessie's Grow Strong Floral Oil, and we have a really fun product called Hold Me Down. Hold Me Down is excellent because when we're talking about edges, and we're talking about finishing and styling, uh, we definitely need, you know, the stuff that works. Miss Jessie has what you need. (laughs) Hold Me Down is also wonderful because, um, you know, it's very descriptive in what it does, but it also, um, it's it's a message that we need to hear amongst women. You know, we do need, I do need you to hold me down. Mm -hmm. We need to hold one another down. And we're seeing more of that. You know, this seems to be uh, a year of the woman, you know. Mm -hmm. And then we we have, you know, a curl refresh spray. That one is a very fun one. That's called uh, Curl So Fresh. And uh, we have Gloss So Good, which is shine spray. And uh, I, think I, I, five. Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I said that's okay. five. Okay, yeah. and, and that's exciting. You know, throw
1: out there, maybe a, a Miss Jessie's school. Maybe.
2: <laughs> you know miss jesse's school would be good you know i think the question would be what would we focus on we can certainly focus on yeah, hair true. care but then there's a message about you know wellness there's a message about mental uh health you know I so i mean be a maybe recruitment we do a little advisor bit of, or something oh, oh she's you know, <laughs> plus <your service>. okay. <laughs>
0: and and your book is available on uh, amazon.
2: amazon it's available on okay. amazon but i am you know we are still 100 percent owned for us by us okay. so yeah. i would like if you guys support miss jesse's and buy miss jesse's directly from us it would be a great help too that's amazing own business that's amazing and yeah. that's
1: definitely amazing like mm-hmm, to sustain and has anyone tried to buy you out? Yes, so <laughs> it's not
2: uncommon. We get quite a few calls, and this has been going on for years. And I think once people recognize that you have a business um, that is a viable business, and and you know people want it, um, it's not uncommon for you to get calls. I think you know for um, for what I've seen over the years, I think there might be a miss. Conception or misunderstanding about selling your business and you know for some of us who are employees we work up to a certain age and then we retire i think for an entrepreneur you know maybe the, their end game it looks different ways for different people but maybe selling your company might be a form of retirement for some you know mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and then you know there's 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 a dilemma about partnering with investors and selling out Um, that's been a challenge and I I can understand why because we're probably just now you know as a group as a whole we're seeing more of our businesses emerge so I think that's just uh, maybe us wanting to encourage us to keep our businesses owned by us. Um, Still owned 100%. And when I say we, I I include Titi because she's here with me. And I'm very proud of that because it's such a difficult feat to be able to self- on yourself yeah. particularly for two girls who didn't have money when we started our business we had to create the capital to build our business um, but that was the beginning days which was very very challenging but to sustain that over the years um, I, 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 I'm feeling very proud yeah no, you should. <laughs>
1: can you um, run us through like a day with Miko (laughs) from start to finish.
2: (laughs) So, um, luckily God has blessed me with a few talents and, um, I've become a really good multitasker. So, you know, it's not uncommon for me to, uh, promote my book because now I'm an author. And it's also not uncommon for me to do hair um, at Ms. Jessie's Salon in Soho, New York. And um, I'm, I still go to the office and I still work very closely with my staff. We actually have a very small staff. I feel like we seem bigger, but we're actually very small. And the reason why I like it small is because my sister Titi and I realized Having a manageable business is very important. You're able to know where everything is and uh, you're able to um, react uh, very quickly in the event that something happens. Mm-hmm. So, being able to know the ins and outs of your business has been a benefit to us. But I'm an early bird, so I wake up around maybe five or six in the morning. Um, my mind and my thoughts are clearest. As- first thing in the morning so I try to make decisions in the morning Mm -hmm. and then I check emails with a handheld I'm always on my phone and then probably around, uh, around 10 or 11 I head to the office meet with my staff and then if I have an event or an interview I go off from there If I have to go do hair, I do that. then I try to end my day around 5 o'clock, probably around 6. And once I go home, it's Nico time. Oh, that's important. (laughs) Yes. To have
0: your own time, especially as an entrepreneur, because we hear a lot of messages that you have to work 24-7. And I get it. When you're building a business, that might be a little different. But I think it's still important to have some time to yourself.
2: Right it is it's very important and particularly as an entrepreneur you are um on your job 24/7 mm-hmm. and even though you know I reference miko time you know with my phone I, you know i I'm looking, you know, I'm always plugged in, but I have been making an effort to do me because I realize that life is short mm-hmm. and there's no amount of money that could take the place of good health and happiness. So I've made a concerted effort, you know, to keep a smile on my face and surround myself around people that I love and who love me so I'm able to. Work and also enjoy, you know, the fruits of my life. Amazing. Yeah.
1: That's one of the best messages we've heard. <laughs> as as, like, don't forget to take time out for yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, in addition to
0: time to yourself, for anyone that is listening or watching and are thinking about, you know, starting something for themselves or for a business, what would what advice would you give to someone that um, is trying to do something like that?
2: Well, I'm a believer in the doing of it, you know, so now we have tools like the internet where you can do research, you can go crazy at research, but after you gather your information and, you know, you may have a mentor, you may want to talk with someone, I really encourage you to do it because there's so much wisdom in the doing of it and um, in doing in doing it, don't be afraid to fail because failure is going to be, you know, um, a, a wonderful teaching tool for you. There's a lot of teachable lessons in the doing of it. So embrace the failure. Use it as your stepping stone for the next time and the next go around. Just do it better. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving. You inspired? Really? <laughs> yeah, with your so, hair, to. I know, right? <laughs> I'm take this
1: out. I'm bring my curls. Um, so how can people follow <laughs> your, um, your
0: movement? Uh your obviously your product is available for purchase but um can you plug some of the websites your
2: their, social, media. Yeah. social media so we're missjessies.com dot com and uh, that's pretty simple M I S S J E S S I E S. Um but we're on social media we're on Facebook Instagram Twitter Twitter and I think that's it right now um, that's Miss, uh, Miss M-I-S-S underscore J-E-S-S-I-E-S. And then I, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And I'm simply Miko Branch. And I do talk back if you talk to me. Yes, I she does. She, <laughs> does. she likes she Yeah. Yes. All right.
0: Awesome. Well, we thank you for coming yes. through. Thanks
2: so much for having me, ladies. No problem. Amazing. Yeah. And we're done. Yeah. Good. All right.